Introducing the new buttermilk crispy chicken biscuit at McDonald's. We don't need that music. Made with tender chicken. Eh, let's lose the echo. On a warm buttermilk biscuit. Perfect. The juicy simplicity of our buttermilk crispy chicken biscuit speaks for itself. Get it now for just three bucks and get a $2 sausage McMuffin with egg or a $1 small hot coffee, all from the one two three dollars menu. Simply your breakfast at McDonald's. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the big interview with one Mr. Dave Bradshaw, one of the voices of WCPW. Dave, if you'd like to say hello to everybody out there. Hello. Pleasure to be here. So, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm great. I'm um, hanging out with you this morning, 10 o'clock my time, 3 in the afternoon for you. So you're in, you're in Florida, right? Yep, yep, yep. You know, I went to school in Florida. Did you really? Where at? I am a Florida Gator. No. So I did my, well, I did my uh, master's degree in Florida. So I, I was a season ticket holder at the Swamp for, uh, for three years. No way. So not only you are go. you... Uh, a hater of one of of one of the greatest wrestlers to ever get in the ring, Martin Kirby. You also are a yes. gator. Yes. You poor a gator thing. and a hater. A gator and a hater. It makes sense. It makes sense. Cause I'm a Georgia Bulldog fan, so you know. Oh man, <laughs> that's terrible. I went to the uh, you know Georgia and Florida play each other uh, every Halloween, right? Over yeah, Christmas. yeah. It's it's I, like I the biggest thing. Three of them. We lost all three. Dude, you need so. to come to more then. You should come to this one this year. Like really? You should, yeah, you should because maybe your guys will lose so, so Georgia can win again. Well, see, I think I was there for three bad years because normally we kick your guys' asses, right? But I, think, <laughs> I, was just, uh, yeah. I was straight after the Tim Tebow era. Oh and, uh, god! After that, yeah, it all went all went downhill a little bit for a while. But we're, we're coming back. We're good. So. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, Got really cool little factoid, Dave Bradshaw, Florida Gator. That's that's awesome. There you go. All right, so let's get straight to it. I got some questions here. I got one from a fan, two from fans, actually. Okay. Um, let me get to them real quick. I'll put their names beside them so I wouldn't forget which ones they were. All right, here we go. First one is actually from my wife, actually. She's not a huge wrestling fan, but she's always wanted to ask somebody in your position, how hard <laughs> is it to keep your cool if, uh, if the talent is, is possibly hurt or worse? While, while you're watching the show, you know you're behind the you're behind the mic, and somebody takes a pile driver, and uh, you know they go down. How hard yeah. is it to keep from you know your cool if you know the person or you know whatever? That's di- I mean, yeah, it's difficult. Um, the, the I don't know if it's an advantage is the right word, but the advantage I guess you have as a commentator is you you don't always know. I, I tend to not ask the guys exactly what's going to happen in the matches, if you know what mm-hmm. I mean. So so sometimes I know the finish, sometimes I don't. Um, but I certainly don't know the detail of everything they're going to do. So quite often, uh, on the few occasions when that has happened, you know, I've, I've been half wondering whether it was, you know, planned, whether they were just selling, whether it was part of the match. So, um, so you, I mean, you, you have to keep going, obviously, because you don't entirely know uh, if, if it is scripted or if, it, if that's intended or not. But um, in any case, you just sort of... I know you just kind of power through in the moment, and you have to rely on the fact that there's other people who are going to take care of those, you know, take care of an injury and take the guys to the back. I guess. So you try and uh, you try and keep it little, some spontaneity there. That way, uh, well, you, you know, yeah, you know, that, and, 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 and it, it just it's it, again, it sounds kind of cruel, but it, it, if you're if you are genuinely worried, it adds some authenticity to your commentary as well. You know, like it, it makes you sound, it makes you more emotionally invested in in the moment so as much as it's you are worried it's not really your job to to you know to to help the person with yeah yeah to do that so you kind of just have to power through and and hope they're okay and then you know obviously the first thing you do when you get back behind the curtain is uh is find out how they're doing but in the meantime you you have to sort of carry on with the show carry on i had another fan question we're going to get to my questions for you uh this one is from uh melio kurtley Mm-hmm. And uh, they ask, "How on earth do you deal with listening to Alex Shane?" Oh, great question! I don't know. It's, uh, it's a uh, Alex is—he uh, is a force of nature. He is—I um, mean, I've known Alex for eight years. But what a lot of people, I think, maybe who are new to 
to uh, British wrestling. Perhaps they've just become fans through. You know, oh, that's me. I'm. I am very new to, to British wrestling. You know. Well, see. Well, yeah. What a lot of people don't know is that Alex is actually a real innovator in in British wrestling. You know, he was uh, the, the guy who first brought like Ring of Honor over. Uh, he was instrumental in a, a company over here called the FWA, who were huge in the early sort of two thousands. They were. They were almost, I guess, if you want a crude equivalent, they were our equivalent to ECW in terms of their sort of innovation in, in, during that period of time. So Alex has been a promoter, he's been a, he's been a British heavyweight champion, he's done all this kind of stuff, and now he's trying out commentary. Um, <laughs> and uh, he is he is once again brought his own inimitable style <laughs> to uh, to commentary. And uh, sometimes I've just again we don't we don't rehearse obviously when we when we commentate. No, so no, no. I just kind of have to Wing go with whatever he's going to say, and I'm as often as surprised as the viewers are, I'm sure. So, <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I think going. Alex is, is a great commentator. He picks all the right guys. I mean, he's a Martin Kirby fan, uh, you know, uh, obviously, you know, and then he's got all these other, you know, he's just, he's great at it. He just picks the right, you, you, you know, he, he gets on you a little bit sometimes, I can see, but in all seriousness, I like Alex. I think he's, I think he's really cool. I love listening to both of y'all together. Y'all's banter is, is, oh God, I've, sometimes I have, Lost track of watching the match, paying attention to what you guys are saying. <laughs> you know what I compare him to? He's like one of those, you know, everyone has a, in their within their group of friends, everyone has a friend who's like, they're just so annoying, but they're your friend anyway. Uh, yeah. that's, that's Alex Shane on commentary. Like, yeah. You just kind of have to put up with him uh, and uh, just sort of ignore the ridiculousness or, or point it out and try and... Uh, Make them realize that they need to reevaluate their lives sometimes, which is what <laughs> <laughs> maybe needs to do with some of his comments. But uh, he he'll ne- he never will. He'll never listen to me. You know. No, I can remember the first. You know, and I'm fixing to get to my question. If I wanted to say, I can remember watching. Uh, I because recently I was trying to find something to replace watching Raw and SmackDown because I like Raw and SmackDown, but I want something different. You know. Uh-huh. And I had been following What Culture for like three years. And I remember when they announced the, the WCPW thing, and uh, I was like, oh, you know, I'll check it out eventually. And I just never did. And, you know, finally I was like, you know what, I'm going to go check out this WCPW. I started at loaded number one. And um, in two weeks, I've caught up. I'm at 13. I've loved every bit of it. I can remember when you got you and Shane first started. Y'all weren't there from the very first show, right? No, they did. A, I think they did about five or six weeks uh, without us. Yeah. First show yeah, they- I did was one, was one called. Uh, Built to Destroy, which was their first kind of, you know, semi-big show as yeah. opposed to their weekly loaded show. Yeah. And I can remember watching that one, you know, the first time you and you and Alex showed up. And it was weird for a minute because I was so used to, to Ross and uh, Simon. Well, actually just Ross or like two weeks before because Simon had left. I don't know where he went. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was so used to, to Ross. And I was, I was liking him. I can't imagine how it would be with you, Ross, and Alex Shane in commentary. I think that would be... Oh god! I think I would lose the will to live. Imagine, <laughs> imagine sitting between those two for two hours. It'd be, it'd be terrible. Oh man. Um, okay, so we got the fan questions out of the way. Hope all you fans who you know I, I promoted it so much trying to get some fan interaction. I got a few people, but that was it. You know, one of them doesn't even watch wrestling. She was just trying to help me out. Damn it! But here we go. Um, so. You know, from the very beginning, how did wrestling commentary commentating start for you? Like, where did it? Where did you really get the idea to really start wanting to do wrestling commentary? Ooh, uh, I've been a wrestling fan since I was, I don't know, eight years old. Um, <laughs> so I was, I mean, I say wrestling, but mostly WWF, honestly. Um, that. You know, and so I was, I was a, one of my first experiences as a wrestling fan. I went to SummerSlam '92 at Wembley Stadium. Um, and then, you know, from then onwards, I was kind of hooked. Um, so you I were at SummerSlam 92? Yes, I was. I have that on DVD. Row. I love that one. You can see me sometimes. If you look 25 rows back, look for a, <laughs> for a, a nine-year-old version of me, you'll see it. Um, uh, but yeah, I was at that, and then with my Ultimate Warrior sign. Uh, <laughs> and uh, ever since then, I've been a fan. But I did um, student radio when I was at university, at, at my undergrad. So this was in England, not in Florida. Okay. But I did. I was, uh, you know, the, the station, uh, the manager of the student radio station at my university in England, and then uh, did a bit of, you know, I did a bit of like politics type shows and like news type shows. I even did like music shows. I kind of did everything actually. But I did some sports as well. I did some like football, like soccer commentary, um, and then 
yeah, when I when I graduated from from there and got into the real world, I kind of thought, well, what what can I do to keep uh, Dave? You still there, boss? We may have lost Dave. Dave, I'm going to throw on a track real quick to put a quick break in there to fix the audio. Sorry about this, guys. I don't know what's going on here. Uh, I'm going to throw up some Arrowhead real quick. Here's some Arrowhead with Desert Cult Ritual. Radio's big interview with Dave Bradshaw. Sorry about the tech issues there, but you know, it happens. It's, it's live, well, live sort of. And we're back here with Dave. We were just talking about, you know, how you got into commentary. You said that uh, you, had, you had done all this stuff at undergrad on the radio and wanted to wanted to keep wanted to keep it, and then you kind of went out. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, I was... Uh, yeah, I don't know what happened there. I don't know if that was my end or your end of the, the technical issues, but, uh, yeah. So, I, you know, after I finished, I was like, well, how can I... Uh, how can I keep keep doing something, you know, radio related? And then figured, well, I'm a wrestling fan, so from then it was kind of a natural leap to commentary, and then I just had to find someone who would employ me. So, you know, you actually answered my second question in your first question, talking about you're a wrestling fan from a child. So, you know, maybe I can replace it with, I guess, Old Warrior was your favorite then, Ultimate Warrior. Oh, when I was yeah, when I was like yeah, eight or nine, absolutely, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was always I was always Warrior over Hogan. Warrior Hogan, I can't blame you there. They're both awesome. Yeah, no Warrior Warrior first. That's what I mean. Like when when it was Warrior v Hogan, you know, I was I was a, a Warrior guy, hundred percent. Yeah, I, I I remember the first time I seen that, I thought Hogan was gonna really pull it off, but Warrior came out of nowhere. Damn it! <laughs> All right, so what was your first mainstay wrestling gig? You know, what were you? Uh, what was the first company you worked for to you know, call the matches? Uh, so I started going to a company called IPW UK, mm-hmm. who are still going now. They're based in kind of Kent, which is in like the sort of southeast of England, just outside of London. Um, and I asked their promoter, who's a friend of mine called, well, he's a friend now, called uh, Daniel Edler, if uh, if they had any need for a commentator and he was like well we might kind of soon come to a few shows so you know i just went to several months shows as a fan and uh, eventually they needed someone so then they uh, ran some auditions um at, at the studio where they did all their editing in east london so i went over to that for a day and just kind of uh had to commentate a, a match with their color commentator and uh they liked it and then put me on the show the next month so i guess the whole process from getting in touch to doing my first show was probably i don't know five months uh and i did my first show in about september 2008 now how was that how was calling your first show you nervous or oh yeah like being backstage is terrifying 
<laughs> when when you're like you know when you're first there because there's a, a certain etiquette to how you're supposed to behave backstage which i know has been kind of well documented but things like um shaking hands with uh with everyone you know as a sign of respect when you mm-hmm. when you when you first enter the arena and when you and when you leave uh which i didn't even know until dean as my uh color commentator who was <laughs> took me under his wing thank you dean um kind of uh you know explain that to me and then there's a whole sort of things you just don't see as a fan you know people working out their matches and how it's all going to go down so it was fascinating and then but yeah you know to be out there live in front of an audience is uh there's no there's no way to prepare for that the first time it happens you know you just have to kind of go and hope hope you don't suck <laughs> you know, I don't and, uh, definitely, definitely think you've been been doing really well in the not sucking department. I, I love the energy you bring to matches <laughs> sometimes, man. Especially at the end, that is, you know, it. I, I wanted to tell you about this because it's just so funny. You know, I, when I get home from work, I get home at like nine o'clock at night, mm-hmm. and so you know, to have some time to myself, I'll sit up and I'll watch. Uh, here recently, I've been binging WCPW to catch up. I wanted to catch all the way up before the interview, uh-huh. and. um you know, I would sit there and then, like, we get to the last match and then somebody runs in and something happens and you'd be like, oh my god, we gotta go, we gotta go off air, we gotta go off air, but we're, if you come back next week, you come back next week and see it, and there's an episode for next week, you know, and I'm like, damn it, damn it, I gotta go to the next one, I wanna see what happens, and then it would go on, and I'd be at 9 o'clock, turns into 4 o'clock in the fucking morning, <laughs> and I'm like, I can't come in next week, I've got to go to bed. <laughs> Yeah, at some oh. point, some point you have to leave it. But that's 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 good television, right? If we can leave you on a cliffhanger, then uh, yeah, yeah, and make you want to come back next week, then we've done our job, I guess. But yeah, y'all, you and you and Alex and Con commentary and the, the wrestling as a whole has been perfect. Well, thank you. I'm uh, I'm, I'm very flattered to hear uh, that. Yeah, y'all deserve it. A lot of us fans out there, you know, we'll talk on those little Facebook groups and stuff, and we all like you and Alex's commentary for sure. Well, that's good to hear. I hope, I hope so. We do, we <laughs> we do our best, I guess. But it's yeah. um, you know it's it's been so much fun. I, I to be honest, I hadn't done like I say. I started in '08, and then I, I was doing a lot of live commentary around the UK for I don't know the next three years. But then I went to Florida for three years to do my you know masters. So I, I kind of stopped for a while. And then since I've been back the last couple of years, I've done done quite a lot of commentary. But it's all been uh, studio stuff. You know, I, I've me and Alex are the uh, English language commentary team for AAA in Mexico, um, so we do a lot of a lot of their stuff. But we do it afterwards, obviously. You know, we we yeah, we recorded. No, we're not. Like, we don't fly to Mexico, so we kind of uh, do it after. So actually, doing this WCPW stuff has been um, really the first time in probably five years. One of the first. I've done a couple of shows here and there, but really the first time I've regularly been doing live commentary for quite a while. So it's been it's been great. Live is so much more fun, you know. When you're in the arena, it's more fun than doing it. it yeah, because you're among the yeah. fans, you feel the energy. It's just so much better than doing it in in post production if you can. So speaking of the energy and you know feeling the fans, what has been your favorite match to call thus far in your career? Oh, my whole career or in WCPW? Um, if you want to do either, you know, if you just want to go whole career, you know, and just tell us what your favorite match is i mean you could say wcpws as well i mean either or because that's the one see like i said i'm very un 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 educated uh-huh. as far as the british wrestling scene is concerned wcpw was my first dive into british wrestling and i have absolutely fell in love with it thus far joe coffee's wrestling style is so different than what oh. i'm used to you know el Ligero. i mean i'm used to luchadors but he's got a kind of a different you know british-esque to his to his luchador <laughs> stuff and it's been really good. So I don't know a lot of the other companies yet. So if you want to do, do WCPW, that's up to you. But if you want to go your whole career, it's fine as well. Uh, I'll, give, I'll give you a couple. So WCPW, the, the highlight so far, uh, and no offense to Alex, <laughs> but uh, the, I've just recorded. Uh, um, so, you know, Refuse to Lose, we recorded on a Thursday, which was, uh, well, it was live, right? It was on it was on iPay-Per-View. That was on yeah. Thursday, I think, the 6th of this month. Really good, yeah, really good show, by the way, guys. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then uh, we did we recorded two episodes of Loaded, which is the one that was last week's and this coming week's um, was on the Friday. Mm-hmm. And then the, the Saturday we went to New, uh, to Manchester to do a big show where which was headlined by uh, Cody Rhodes against Kurt Angle. And for that show, uh, which we're calling True Legacy, you'll see that in a couple of weeks on the YouTube channel. Sweet. 
Sweet. Uh, I was commentating with Jim Cornette. Um, so you'll hear that soon. Uh, oh, but wow. That, that's uh, just, it's, for me, you know, such an incredible uh, thing to be able to do. And it was a big, I think it was the biggest live crowd I've ever commentated in front of as well. We had 2,600 fans there. Uh, just a huge, it was like, an, it was in an ice rink, you know, arena, kind of a hockey arena. Okay. So um, it was just unbelievable. So that's um, far and away my, my, highlight in wcpw so far i guess uh prior to that i did a lot of stuff um in ipw uk and in in the fwa with those were the two companies i worked in in the sort of late noughties you know sort of 08 to 11 kind of time and uh among them there was uh there was a a tag team feud we had in ipw uk for a while which was a tag team called the leaders of the new school uh which was zach saber jr you probably heard of him he's uh in my view, the world's best technical wrestler right now. Um, and Marty Skull, they were teaming. Yeah, I've heard uh, of them. Uh, and they were against a team called the Thrillers, who were Mark Haskins, who's the current uh, Progress champion, um, and Joel Redman, who was in uh, NXT for a while after that. But those guys had just this incredible year-long feud. They had like a TLC match in the middle of it, multiple tag title matches, Um so there was that was yeah that was some incredible stuff that I did early in my career. And actually, the, the, uh, one more thing I would say was <laughs> the second weekend I ever did commentary, I got to do a show with Ring of Honor guys uh, in Wolverhampton, just outside of Birmingham over here. And uh, Daniel Bryan was on that show, and uh, Seth Rollins, who was Tyler Black at the time, nice. uh, El Generico, like Sami Zayn, you know, all these different yeah. uh, guys, the Briscoes. Um, ah, I love them. And man, I've, I'd been in the business for, you know, working in it as opposed to being a fan for about a week. <laughs> and I found myself, you know, commentating these guys who were obviously they hadn't signed for WWE back then, but they were still pretty big names, you know, and it was, uh, yeah, just, just incredible. So yeah, I've had a lot of, you know, I'm very lucky, I'm very blessed. I've had a lot of, uh, a lot of great experiences in through wrestling. Well, you know, believe it or not, you were actually, uh, my first, Bigger wrestling interview. I have, I've had uh, two people on the sh- on the uh, wrestling show that we do on our our podcast channel. I uh, had okay. Brian Zane from uh, Wrestling with Regret, which was a, which is was a semi big one. That was a pretty cool one for me. And then uh-huh. I had um, Wicked J, which was a wrestler from uh, a company called ESW out in Texas. Unfortunately, he passed away a few few months back. Um, but yeah, he was a backyard wrestler from a company. So you're the you're actually the first official, you know, full length company man that I've I've actually talked to talking about with WCPW and you know all the other promotions you've worked. So oh I'm yeah, pleased to pleased to be here. <clears throat> I, I was I was pretty I've been pretty excited about this on uh you know since since I got you to you know since I badgered you enough and you know you said yes. <laughs> no man, it's fun. I mean yeah, we were talking on Twitter, right? I mean I'm enjoying. Yeah. Uh, Enjoying the the banter with the the fans on Twitter, and there's there's been a lot of it the past couple of weeks. It's, this uh, controversy about Martin Kirby has been uh, well, quite, it, quite, it, generating quite some interest. It is that it's a it's a, it's a it's a con- I, I I can't say controversy. It just doesn't sound right to me. But controversy, controversy. It's been sorry, so controversy. Con- yeah. yeah, that's the American way of saying it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. It is. Yeah, this this uh, this controversy has been insane. Adam Pacitti has turned into this treacherous snake, you know. And it's- oh, I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, granted, he's uh, he's coming across a little bit uh, erratic in the past uh, <laughs> couple of weeks, but I think he's been driven to it to a point. Like you know, the way I said this to Alex on commentary last week, right? And I'll say it. I'll say it again here. You know, you can't have it both ways. Like people were saying. People were spent the last, I don't know, six, eight weeks saying that, oh, Adam Petiti's a weak general manager because he banned the pile driver and then everyone was doing pile drivers and Travis Banks just bullied him into getting into the triple threat match it refused to lose and all this kind of stuff. And then suddenly he, you know, makes a, a bold move and actually writes a wrong by, you know, Martin Kirby should never have been given that title shot in the first place, so he corrected that. You might not like how he did it, but he did it, and it was a it was a bold move. And then people criticize him for that. So it, you know, in a way, the guy can't win. Let me hold on. Let me update the people who are li- or the you know that will be listening. You know, Martin Kirby uh, wrestled Joseph Connors at that Refused to Lose show that you know the great Dave Bradshaw mentioned earlier. 
Well, Martin Curry has had an eventful few weeks. He's been winning and winning and winning. He's just been tearing up, you know, the uh, the roster. And um, he had a match the week before Refuse to Lose. And Adam Bacitti earlier would not give him a title shot at Refuse to Lose. And so he uh, handcuffed himself to the ring um, for, what, a match? Almost two matches out of the night. Oh, I mean, and before that, he refused to leave the ring and started doing his own version oh, of karaoke, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Called Kirby Oki, which was awful. <laughs> My ears are still bleeding. Like, and so the you know the whole uh, thing, he basically sabotaged our weekly program for close to half an hour and gets a title shot out of it. But I mean, Pachidi didn't have a choice because the guy wasn't going to leave any other way. But then he, he's. You know, if you think of this from Adam Pacitti's perspective, right? If you're Adam Pacitti, you can't allow a guy to to win the world title having gained his his shot in that way. Otherwise, everyone could just handcuff themselves to the ropes every week and get a title shot that way. What's the point of even having number one contenders matches if you're going to well, do it that way? If you so, put it that way, I can kind of see, but I still, I don't know. I don't think his actions, because like I was about to say, um, you know, when he had the match, it refused to lose. Middle of the match, Adam Pacini runs out. When he was about to hit the most electrifying elbow, Martin Kirby was about to hit the most electrifying uh-huh. elbow in sports entertainment today. The, the Zoidberg elbow. We don't know if it's the most electrifying elbow because he's never actually successfully hit it. He was so going it, to. He was going to do it. You know. Well, and, yeah, he says that every week. But, and Adam runs uh, out and pushes him off the ring. And it has been absolutely, you know, people have been losing their minds ever since. They have, they have, and, and I, I don't, I just don't get it. I mean, apart from the what I just said about, you know, why uh, Pachiti did what he had to do. I just, don't, why are people Martin Kirby fans? He's the most annoying man on the planet. I just, I, you know, <laughs> I dude, I have to agree with with Alex Shane here and say that I've been on the Martin Kirby train before it had wheels on it. So, <laughs> you know, I, I can't, I can't. I don't know. He's just I've I've liked him. I've always thought those those first few matches I was a little ang about Martin Kirby. I was solidly behind Legero, you know, and that that was a great uh-huh. feud. The El Legero Martin Kirby feud was really good, and uh, I you know it, it all started at the fat the fat Legero segment. I don't know. Yes, that got that was really funny, and it was just he was he was it just after that the Will Osprey match bolt just bolted him into. I mean, you have to admit. Love him or hate him, the Martin Kirby Will Ospreay match is still one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. Oh yeah, I mean you know credit where it's due. I don't have a. By the way, I don't have any problem with Martin Kirby in terms of his ability oh, no, in, in no, no, ring. No. Like you know, no doubt he's a incredibly talented wrestler. That match against Will Ospreay in particular was was uh, remarkable. But uh, he's yeah, man. Like <laughs> how how people watched Kirby Oki and then him cuffing himself to the ring for half an hour and that made him more popular, not less, is. Uh, Makes me wonder if I just don't understand the world anymore. I don't know. <laughs> it's just time to call it quits, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, I just, yeah, I just go and uh, dig a hole and live in it for the rest of my life until I understand humanity again. <laughs> oh man! Now you know Martin Kirby. Though I like you said, I, I love his in-ring ability. I you know he's just he's been really good in the ring. They've all been really good. Joe Coffey, Ella Garrett. See, that's one thing that that you know I wanted to say to you when I had you on here. Because um, I got a few more questions for you, but mm-hmm. I, I wanted to say that almost every show, every show that I've watched from WCPW, there's at least been one match that was like just absolutely insane match of the year material. Mm. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's just been awesome. Yeah, I think yeah, the match quality has just been, and and the thing the thing I find most interesting with this. Uh, you know, with what we're doing on, on Loaded every week, is that you sometimes just don't know where that match of the night is going to come from either. Mm-hmm. You know, like this past week, uh, we had a pair of singles matches between two tag teams who are competing. Uh, oh, spoilers Founded. for anybody who's who's listening and haven't seen it yet. I won't. Spoilers. I won't say. I won't announce who won these matches. Okay. But, okay. Um, uh, yeah, but there's, we have a, a team who are fairly new to the company called Mustache Mountain. Love them. Uh, and uh, then a team. Who are calling themselves All Business is their new name. They're uh, Johnny Moss and Liam Slater, um, and they they paired off into two singles matches. So Slater and and uh, Liam Slater and, and Tyler Bate, who's one half of Mustache Mountain, had this just such a fun like old world of sports style singles match. And then Johnny Moss, who's just huge, I call him the Cumbrian Man Mountain, and that's a very apt description. He <laughs> yeah. fought the other half of. Uh, 
of, of Mustache Mount in Trent Seven. And Seven and Moss, they're both heavyweights, and they just both, man. I saw someone describe them on Twitter afterwards as just warriors, and that's exactly right. They, you know, the, it was, the hard hitting isn't the word for that, and it was—it oh, came good. from nowhere. You know, I, I didn't even know that match was coming up until I arrived at the arena that day, and then, uh, and then, boom! It, it, you know, to me, that was match of the night. Um, yeah, because I watched a little bit last night before I went to bed. I didn't get to finish it. I made it to Lost Perspectivia versus Prospect, which was that was dreadful. <laughs> oh man! Speaking, yeah, speaking of annoying people. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, prospect definitely annoying. I give you that for sure. Kennedy gets on my damn nerves. Well, me and him have some uh, some back and forth on Twitter from time to time. He's uh, he's a piece of work. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, um, I had another question from a fan that I, I was on the other page here. Forgot about. Do you ever get to work? It's a two part question. Do you uh-huh. ever get to work with uh, Adam Pacitti very closely? Like at all? Do you talk to them? Do you all ever like meet, have meetings or anything together? I guess is what they're trying to say. Um, no, I, I ha- no, not really. Like obviously, I see him at shows. Um, I, I, I did see Adam Blompier at shows until Rampage destroyed him, <laughs> and uh, ha- happily, I haven't seen him since. Um, but no, like they're they're, you know, he's a busy man. Is Adam Pacitti because he's the general manager, obviously, and he's also. Uh, involved in in the youtube channel the what culture youtube channel you know mm-hmm. making his own videos and stuff so uh i see him at shows and we we talk occasionally on on social media but no he's uh he's very busy and under under considerable stress at the moment i think well, it's fair to say the second the second part of this question is i guess you know do you ever work closely with adam Pacitti? and if so i guess i mean it doesn't matter but if so is it true that he hates puppies I'm adam say. wait uh i <laughs> Adam Petiti hates puppies. That's yep. That's what uh, somebody asked there. I don't know. I think that sounds like someone trying to slander his good character again. <laughs> uh, but but I think I think that's one of those curb crawlers, Kirby fans, as they're calling themselves. Um, the curb. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna not gonna dignify that with a reply. <laughs> All right. So you know, you said whenever we originally corresponded. Um, uh, that you had had the opportunity to work closely with JR for a little bit. Mm. How was that? Cause I know you said it was he was your hero, you know. Yes. And how was working with your hero? I mean, was it uh was it all that you could ask for? Or? Uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't get to commentate with JR in the way I did with with Jim Cornette. You know, it's yeah. it two very different experiences because with Jim Cornette, uh, as I say, we were commentating it, but and because we weren't commentating live, by the way, we were pre-recording you know jim was able to between matches was able to give me feedback and say this went well this didn't and it was just so useful you know so, such a so it was so generous with his time was was uh with jim Cornette, and that, that was incredibly helpful with jr it was more like i met i only met him on the day or, or no i met excuse me i met him the night before of uh, refuse to lose um and obviously he'd flown in and he'd done his homework he knew you know he knew a fair bit about all the different storylines and the wrestlers, but still he needed, you know, he wanted to have uh, someone there to help. And, uh, you know, he was um, uh, kind enough to let me be one of the people in, in, in the, you know, in their ear, in the headphones during okay, the show. Okay, cool. Um, so I was kind of what we call it, the gorilla position, right? The production yep. Yep. desk just behind the curtain before people go out. Uh, and I was in kind of, uh, I say I was going to say I was in constant contact with the commentary team. I was my mic was co- constantly on, you know, mm-hmm. so I could talk to them at any time. But mostly, you know, it was Jr. and Jim Cornette and Alex. So I just kind of let them let them have at it. They don't need me telling them what, how to do their job. But you know, just the very fact that that Jr. was uh, willing to, you know, trust me with that with that role, I thought was uh, quite telling of what a good person he is. And he's just, I mean, he's iconic, isn't he? Like just yeah. that that voice, like is such a big part of all of our. Yeah, uh, childhoods and just to kind of you know and I was in the, the dressing room um, sort of afterwards when a few of the wrestlers came in and asked him and, and Jim Cornette for their feedback and he was just he's like like Cornette he was just very very uh, happy to you know give constructive feedback to everyone and just the real part of the team so yeah very impressive guy you know they say they say never meet your heroes right well this wasn't the this wasn't the case with JR he was a really uh, top gentleman and it was uh, it was an honor to meet him 
Well, it, that was, you know, I, I actually, um, when I was a kid and I started watching wrestling was, uh, you know, I, I'm only 24, so I'm a little bit, a little bit younger than you, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I started at the, the pinnacle of wrestling, you know, the, the attitude era. And yep. I mean, JR would make, there are some matches that I go back and watch today that weren't even that good, but because JR's commentary was there. Him yep. and, and, and Jim and uh, Jerry the King Lawler, they just magic. It was just magic. I mean, the Mankind versus Undertaker match of '96 at King of the Ring in the Hell in a Cell was a, was a really cool, cool match. I mean, you know, the, the the bumps were good, but it was very slow. But Jr. kept it, you know, to where oh, is he gonna die? Is is Mankind gonna fucking die this show? <laughs> I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, there's so many moments, you know, from that era of WWE where. There's kind of iconic lines from, uh, yeah, from J.I. And sometimes as a, as a commentator, because, it, you know, obviously anyone who's a, res- who's a wrestling commentator has been so influenced by him. You kind of have to be a little bit careful not to not to be like a, a cheap ripoff of J.R. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You have to really try and come up with your own style and not just sort of, what would J.R. say? You know, uh, he's, yeah. that, he's, he's that influential in yeah in what I do, you know, that it's, it's really, uh, it's been a bit easier recently because, you know, there's Mauro Ronaldo now as well, who, by the way, I think is incredible, uh, in a totally different style to JR. And so, you know, when you have sort of several guys, you can borrow things from and learn from, uh, that helps. But yeah, I mean, JR is uh, different, a different plane of existence to the rest of us in the commentary world, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, because I, I called a few football games from my high school, and he was the reason that I wanted to do stuff like that, because I wanted to be that that guy. I wanted to do WrestleMania, you know, welcome to the grandest show of them all. You know, I mean, it's just, when you mm-hmm. hear JR talk and do those matches, it's, it's insane. Oh, yeah, he's, yeah. I mean, there's there's no one like him. I, I can't, I, I don't know what other adjectives to use to describe him. I mean, he's mm-hmm. just... Uh, He's just, he is the voice of wrestling and he will continue to be for as long as he wants to be. You know, he's, uh, I hope he keeps going. He's, he's coming over here to do uh, another project in, in Britain soon. I know he's doing New Japan, um, you know, for, um, for American TV, I think. And it's just great that he's still out there doing stuff, you know, post WWE, because it would have been a real shame if he'd, yeah. if he'd just sort of, you know, packed it in entirely after that. He could have, he could have retired and lived it, lived the rest of his life off of his WWE years. But it is, it is great that he didn't. He's a big uh, college football fan as well, by the way. Yep, yeah. Uh, the okay. reason he, well, the, as, as I understand it, the reason he didn't, you know, the as I say, we filmed uh, Refuse to Lose on the Thursday. Uh, the reason he didn't stick around for, I think, the reason he didn't stick around for the Friday and Saturday shows we were recording was uh, he had to get, he went to get on a flight at 4 a.m. on the Friday morning. Uh, like so, I don't know. About five or six hours after Refuse to Lose finished, he had a taxi pick him up from his hotel to go to Newcastle Airport, so that he could fly to Dallas, so that he could go and watch his Oklahoma team play uh, play Texas on the Saturday. That's how that's how committed he is. He flew across <laughs> an ocean. <laughs> going to stop him from getting to that Oklahoma game. Exactly. So you know, I've uh, only got a few more questions before I ha- I have to let you go. But I wanted to ask. Um, what do you do? You think that WCPW is ever going to get onto a level like the bigger companies like ROH, TNA, or even you know WWE one day if they keep going the way they are? Um. Yeah. I, what What's really interesting about about the way WCPW has become so big so quickly? You know, what people forget, I think, is that this company, as as a as an actual wrestling promotion, is less than six months old. Yeah. And yet, we just did a show in britain on an independent wrestling show where we drew over two and a half thousand fans which is you know which is five years ago that would have been completely unheard of in britain there's a couple of companies who are you know really succeeding now in britain who are doing sort of similar numbers but they've been around three or four years you know and i think the reason that wcpw is growing so quickly is that they've they've taken an entirely different model as to how to build a wrestling company so what they've done is is they become sort of popular YouTubers first, you know? They become YouTube personalities and then transition that following into their own uh, into their own wrestling promotion. And it's been a it's something that I don't think anyone else has really tried in the way that they have. And it's been it's had pretty spectacular results. So I think yeah, as long as they keep innovating and and thinking how to build a 
you know build a wrestling promotion in this kind of youtube age in which we live then uh the sky is the limit what did you think whenever you got the call to come work at wcpw were you skeptical because of them starting off with youtube and going into wrestling i mean um like well see when i got the call they'd already been going for a month you know so so like i, I knew that uh I had, you know, I had some idea what their production values were like. I'd seen, obviously, the first three or four shows. Um, so yeah, I was confident that it was gonna, it was gonna work. I think, you know, by their own admission, there was a couple of things that needed ironing out in the first couple of weeks. But I think that they very quickly learned how to make their show work and how to please their audience. And um, and it's been, you know, I mean, well, the, the the numbers speak for themselves. It's just yeah. been yeah. such a fun thing to be doing. I'm so pleased to be involved in it and. Um, yeah, it's one of the you know it's one it's one of three things I do. I do um, as I say I do AAA in Mexico, and I do uh, uh, New Generation Wrestling, which is another big uh, British promotion that's on around the world on uh, on the Fight Network, which is a, uh, a TV network that's in about thirty six countries around the world. Mm-hmm. So I do uh, two British promotions, and there's some there's some overlap. A lot of the guys are uh, on both promotions. Like El Ligero is on both of NGW and What Culture. So is uh, Liam Slater, so is Rampage. Um, so there's there is some overlap, but it's uh, they're all great fun in different ways. You know, AAA is obviously Lucha Libre, which is an entirely different animal. What culture is what I just said, which is this kind of phenomenon that's grown up through YouTube, and then uh, New Generation Wrestling is is sort of a more traditional promotion in in the way it's built itself up over time. Um, but it's doing really fun things as well, really compelling storylines so I'm, I'm just i'm having a, a ball at the moment you know everything i'm doing is great i love it that's awesome that's great you always gotta love what you do i wish i you know one day maybe <clears throat> you know because right now I'm, I'm doing what i love to do i mean i am a i'm a butcher for a retail uh, store actually okay and, uh, yeah i love doing that as well but uh one day i'd like to uh have something to do with wrestling if i can ever get my hands on it just got to go for it just just uh you know that's what I, that's what i found you know you just kind of you know you only get there if you ask right so i just you know if, you, if it's commentating you want to do or whatever it is you you've got to f- do your homework find some people who are you know local promotions that you like and then just try and get some experience and uh and see see where it leads you know you never know all right so i got another question for probably this is going to be the, the second to last one or the last one possibly okay you working in america you know, um, mm-hmm. or living in America, comparing to living in the UK, watching wrestling here, the WWE, ROH, TNA, the big companies versus the companies of the UK. You know, what is the different? How is the styles clash as far as British wrestling and and American wrestling for you? How how do the styles clash between the two? Uh, well, I mean, for me, it's not just those two as well, because, you know, obviously I said I do Lucha. Yeah, Mexican, yeah, I'm sorry, and then, AAA and then, too. Yeah, and then well, also, we, we uh, for a while, until, you know, New Japan now have, as I mentioned, you know, they have JR doing some stuff for them and other other English language commentators. But even, I, me and Alex did some New Japan stuff in, like, 2015 and 2014. So, uh, so there's a lot of different styles out there. Um, and, I mean, yeah, th- there's the Japanese style is you know what they call strong style for the most mm-hmm. part which is just this real hard striking which actually is really influencing the, the you know the british and american independent scenes now as well um but that's been you know the uh, the dominant style in japan for a long time and then you've got kind of the uh the lucha stuff which is a lot more um not just in terms of the physical style you know there's a lot more kind of flips and, and rolls and stuff in lucha um but also just the the presentation is different so it's it's very like it's almost like a pantomime in a way i don't mean that in a in a derogatory way at all it's like it's uh it's a carnival i guess you know the the masks and and they don't even there's not quite the yet the same attempt at, at like making it appear to be a real sporting contest that you maybe get in a strong style match it's more of a you know there's these uh melodramatic good guys the technicos and the bad guys who are the rudos and they uh they clash and it's you know it's more of a acrobatic display than it is a a real sort of uh hard-hitting athletic contest so it it's there's a lot of different styles is what i'm saying and you do have to adjust your 
adjust your kind of commentary style accordingly. In Britain, by the way, I think, you know, we need to be careful. And I think we're doing quite a good job of it. But we need to be careful that we don't lose our own heritage so that we have a very strong background in in that kind of ground game and technical style. Um, you know, a good example of which, by the way, is that Liam Slater and Tyler Bate match on last week's Loaded that I was just talking about a few minutes ago. Yeah. Um, and that's a really distinctly kind of British thing. So I, I like guys who can sort of, yeah, have that kind of strong style match, which is, um, you know, popular nowadays, but also, you know, sort of pay homage to their British identity by kind of putting in some of that world of sports style stuff. And those two did it very well last week. You know, Zack Sabre Jr., as I say, I think is, is they call him the technical wizard. And that's why he's, he's my favorite wrestler in the world right now with good reason. Um, and so, yeah, there's, there's such a range of, of styles out there. It's really, uh, refreshing. There's something for everyone in wrestling right now. Yeah. So, you know, on WCPW, um, you've had a bunch of TNAs got TNA guys come over, ROH guys come over. Mm -hmm. Um, what are we looking at for the future, do you think? I mean, who, what other stars do you think there's going to be more TNA guys coming over to WCPW to compete? Or Because that's been one of my favorite things is the cross-promoting between TNA, ROH, and you guys. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I hope so. I, I'm not privy to the conversations. Obviously, we have um, we have Matt Hardy coming over in uh, yeah. end of November, start of December, which will be interesting. I've never met him before. so uh, Yeah, well, I've never met him when he was when he was mentally sane so uh <laughs> god knows what it would be like to meet him now um so i'm looking forward to that uh, i really hope we get cody rhodes back because cody rhodes is just uh you know you don't see this you don't see what he's like backstage obviously if you're watching the show but he is just the most wonderful human being you know like i, I doing uh, refuse to lose and the shows we did this month were the first time i've met cody and he's just such a uh consummate professional you know shows up in a suit backstage he's he's as interested in in you know the ring crew as he is in the top main event guys he is uh just genuinely a really engaging nice person you know um so i really hope we have him back and and, and just a student of the business you know you talk you hear him talking through his matches with the guys he's going to work with that night and he is just so brimming with ideas and you can really start to see when you see him in that environment, just how wasted he was in the role he was playing mm -hmm. in WWE and what a courageous decision it was for him to cut those ties. Well, you know, well, let's face it, he probably had a job for life, right? And yeah. he, he he chose to leave that to come over and uh, ply his trade and do something that was more sort of creatively fulfilling. So I hope son of a back. plumber, I guess. Yep. He, Cody's yeah. great. Drew Galloway, we've had, I mean, obviously he's British wrestler originally, but he was, uh, you know, he's been in TNA. He was, he's, um, really great guy as well so there's so many of them who are um just incredible talents but also add so much to the locker room in terms of you know bringing up our guys and helping them to learn so i hope yeah i hope it continues for a long time so you know i, I was wondering have you had any bad experiences backstage with with the wrestlers i mean have you met any uh, guys who were sort of jerks or anything had any problem like that uh yeah i mean in any you know i think in any um industry you work in there's always going to be people you get on with and people you don't um but uh no i mean there's no i haven't had any like horror stories you know oh, okay. there's some people who are more like yeah there's some people who are more friendly than others and some people are just kind of polite in a sort of uh do the minimum they have to to <laughs> you know and then go and re <laughs> retire into themselves but no, i mean that's the same as anything i don't think that's unique to to wrestling but um, but when people are really impressive, I think it's it's always good to to uh, give them a shout out because they're just you know there's some real incredible pros in not just in TNA and Ring of Honor, but some of our guys who've been like plugging away in Britain for a decade or so and haven't really gotten the recognition they deserved until quite recently. It's yeah, so good noticing, to see. You know, yeah. when I get on Twitter and look at you know Kirby stuff or Laguerre stuff or coffee stuff, these guys are working almost seven days a week everywhere else and then coming back to WCPW to do a show just to go back out like Arrow I think did two shows in one day the other day oh well uh, he does that he does that regularly that's you know, insane El Ligero is um, he's booked by the vast majority of you know major companies on the British independent scene he also works like the summer camps you know like there's 
sort of summer holiday camps sort of by the sea they have a lot of uh wrestling shows during sort of you know june july and august and he does all of those he's i think he's i think i heard him say through a translator of course recently that um that he's done a, he's already done i think over 300 matches and as we're, we're this year and there's and we're not at 300 days of the year so far <laughs> so he, on average he's doing more than a match a day that's how hard he works damn man that's that's nuts yeah well you know, uh, but it's also but you know it's also it's also uh a really good sign that there's that much business out there you know the fact that he's able to get that much work shows that we have a booming industry out here and there is that much work if you're a talented enough wrestler because if he could be the most talented guy in the world and if we didn't have the promotions to support him um then he wouldn't be doing that much work so it just shows you how healthy the british scene is right now yeah it, it is i mean it really is because i i've been doing as much i tried to do some research on you and try to do some research on you know british wrestling so i didn't sound like such a complete dud you know getting on here with you you and, did okay you did good I, don't worry i appreciate that um but you know and it, it just it is booming right now i mean I, i'm gonna have to start looking at the other ones i'm fixing to try and see if i can find some stuff to watch preston city wrestling i don't know if you've ever heard of them they're another british yep. promotion Mm-hmm. I'm fixing to try and get into them and maybe even get, you know, a representative of them on the show eventually to talk a little bit about their promotion. But they look interesting. They got a lot of uh, WCPW guys, so I'm not completely out of my depth, and I get to meet some new wrestlers, so yeah, I'm looking into that very soon. But, you know, before yep. we go, last question of the day. Um, because yep. I know you're busy, and I've got to get to work myself. WWE, if they ever branched out to you, you know, contract, come commentate for NXT or, or Raw, would you ever consider it, you know, leaving the indie scene, or is the indie scene kind of comfortable for you? Uh, I mean, I don't know if it'll ever happen anyway, but... Uh, well, I, a hypothetical, I yeah. you know, hypothetical. Yeah, I mean, uh, I love WWE, I've always loved WWE, I, I, um, I think what they've been doing in particular, you know, I, I think their product has become even more interesting in the past few years, I think the the Cruiserweight Classic this year was incredible. What they're doing with NXT is brilliant. Um, and so I'm a huge fan. I think the vast majority of people who work in wrestling uh, over here got into it because they were WWE fans to start with. So I think all of us would uh, at least consider it if we were ever offered work there. But um, but I'm that said, I'm very happy, like I said, with what I'm doing. I, I'm in a very good place with the three companies I work for right now. So uh, there's no uh, immediate uh, desire to, to move anywhere. All right, everybody, this has been the big interview with Dave Bradshaw. Dave, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate the Oh, thanks for having minutes. me, man. It's been fun. It's been oh, fun. It's been awesome. I, if I didn't have to work, man, I, I would keep talking. I really would probably the rest of the fucking <laughs> day. But, uh, yeah, Dave Bradshaw, you can hear him on WCPW. If you live out in the U.K., you, know, you also can try and see him live or hear him on the other promotions that he works for. Um, they just did a loaded on, on YouTube. Go and check it out. But yes, Voice of WCPW. I had the privilege of interviewing today. Thanks again, Dave. Um, you guys can check it all out on YouTube. Have a good one. We're going to get back to the live show that's going on right now. Well, sort of right now. Um, this was Exit 92 Radio's big interview. Take care. With the Capital One Saver Card, you earn 4% cash back on dining and entertainment. Does that include dinner at that new French place? Yep, 4% cash back there. How about bowling with my friends? Yeah, 4% cash back on that too. Nice. And that'll be a rewarding weekend. Because with the Capital One Saver Card, you earn 4% on dining and entertainment. So when you go out, you cash in. Capital One, what's in your wallet? Terms apply. Capital One Bank, USANA. Capital One knows life doesn't alert you about your credit card. Next stop, Graham Street. And Brian in the khaki shorts. Your GNL energy bill went up 60% this month. Seems like you'd want to know. Stand clear of the closing doors. So, meet Eno, the Capital One assistant that catches things that might look wrong, like increases to a recurring bill, then sends an alert to your phone and helps you fix it. Eno, another way Capital One is watching out for your money when you're not. Capital One, what's in your wallet? See CapitalOne.com for details. Limitations apply.